Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of the Dead in Sports podcast. We like to call this the best couple of hours of your sports week. This is the place where sports opinions collide. I am your host, 12 Kyle. And once again, this is Dead in Sports, man. We got a lot of stuff to talk about. Uh, first and foremost, want to thank you all for listening as you do each and every week. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe to this podcast. You can find a podcast just about anywhere. We're on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, if you will, uh, SoundCloud, Google Play, uh, Stitcher Radio, everywhere. YouTube, make sure that you check out our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash dead in sports. A lot of stuff to talk about. Of course, we have the infamous (laughs) cast of characters uh, joining me. Uh, As usual, the homie BZ430. BZ, what up, though? What up, though? What's good? What's up, fellas? Chilling, man. Chilling, chilling, chilling. And the homie Ken. Ken, what's going on, player? Oh, man, I'm just uh, chilling like a villain. You know, (laughs) just uh, ready to get this thing popping. (laughs) And my man FIFO. FIFO, what up, man? Yo, what it do? Chilling, chilling, chilling. And joining us is a special co-host, man. He's going to be joining us for the NBA segment of of our podcast. Uh, He's been on here before. Our boy Chris. Chris, what's up, man? What's up, guys? How's it going, man? Just getting ready to go back to Michigan State next week. So, oh man, class is starting. Yeah, man. Uh, Tuesday, Tuesday classes start. So, what year are you at Michigan State? Yeah, I'm. I'm in my fourth. I'm in my fourth year, but I got to do. Well, this is my second year at Michigan State. I did a two years at a at a community college and transfer, but um, I'm gonna have to go three for my major. So, um, so this is my second to last year. So once all said and done, I'll have three years at MSU. Okay, okay. Well, good luck, man. Good luck. Like B said, go Spartans. Uh, yes. Yeah. It's going to be a great Miles football Bridges, season. Miles Bridges, baby. It's yeah. going to be an interesting football season. And we're going to get into uh, – we probably won't get into college football on this podcast, but uh, we will definitely get into it as the season is about to kick off, and I cannot wait. Uh, so we got a lot of stuff to talk about, man. For, we we came into this day, man, probably until about two hours. We weren't even – well, we knew what we were going to talk about. Uh, but we were kicking around ideas as far as what we're going to talk about. And about two hours ago, uh, a blockbuster trade happens. Uh, Kyrie Irving from the uh, Cleveland Cavaliers gets traded to the Boston Celtics um, in a blockbuster trade. We had obviously been talking about it over the last couple of weeks about Kyrie Irving uh, wanting to be moved, wanting to be away from LeBron James, tired of playing in his shadow. Uh, but I don't think any of us saw this coming. Uh, <laughs> Cleveland is sending... Uh, Kyrie Irving in exchange for Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, and Auntie Zurich, I think, Zizek, and the uh, Brooklyn Nets unprotected 2018 uh, first-round pick. And we're going to break it down from each side. Um, that's one of the reasons why we have Chris on here as well. Um, so we we the we were texting each other. Uh, B, I'll start with you, man. When you think about this trade, I mean, obviously none of us saw this coming, but what what are your overall thoughts on this trade, man? Uh, yeah, I mean, we knew a trade was going to happen. We was all, we all was saying like Kyrie doesn't need to start a training, training camp as a Cleveland Cavalier. Cause we, you know, we were saying like things might be awkward as heck, right. da, 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 all the, he say, she say, and all the rip going back and forth and stuff. So, you know, we knew he wasn't going to be a Cavalier. We just didn't think it was going to be Boston because I don't even think when we talked about it earlier, I don't remember it being. I don't remember us mentioning Boston as one of the teams. I remember we mentioned San Antonio. No, no they were never think, a team. They were never yeah, on the radar. I think, I think New York was on was on there. I mentioned Boston. 
I mentioned Boston because it was a perfect trade partner. Mitchell Boston. They had the most assets. Yeah, Chris Broussard over there, Mitchell Boston. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I didn't. Yeah, for me, I was like, oh, okay, Boston. But you know what? I do. They did throw out Boston because I think they, they ain't even throw Isaiah Thomas in, in the trade. I remember people were saying, like, Isaiah and Kyrie, how that's going to work in the backcourt. So, yeah, I do remember that being kind of, like, thrown out there in the wind, but it, it got away quick. But, um, yeah, I mean, Kyrie, gonna have, he going to have a chance to, to, to be, be the man. Yeah, I mean, he want to be the man, and he's going to be the man. And, uh, Gordon Haywood, he's gonna have Gordon Haywood and Al Horford over there um, with him. So, you know, we we gonna he gonna have his 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 big three, his so called big three over there. So it's gonna be interesting, man. I mean, you know, I'm glad this is just proves that NBA has dominated the summer, man. Where where Meech, my home my yeah. homeboy Meech mentioned it on Twitter, and I retweeted him, and I'm like, yes, dude, like NBA has been dominating the summer, like to the point to where all, we kind of almost I ain't really say forget, but it's like. Oh yeah, football season is going to be starting recently. Like that's how much NBA has been dominating this entire season, man. It's crazy. It just makes me even look forward to the season even more. You know, um, like I said, not but just beyond the fact that we got the trades, but you know, seeing the, the young superstars. You you know, you always ain't to see what the rookie's going to do, the big time rookie. So mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, hey, I'm glad I'm glad we got some other things that's going to shake up. NBA is. Going to be the talk of the town going into tomorrow morning on ESPN. All the uh, talk shows, uh, first take, undisputed, they all going to be talking about it. So, hey, NBA wins again. <laughs> That's all I can mm-hmm. say. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, Chris? Uh, when you got wind of this trade, man, what, what what were your thoughts as to you know how this thing went down? Okay, so I was I was not really of the mindset that Boston I had not heard anything prior to today that Boston was really even close to serious about uh, about getting Kyrie. And so when it when I first heard it, you know, I'm thinking, okay, these play these kind of star for star swaps usually are just made up rumors that don't really happen. And you know, Boston has a history of, you know, being in at, on the market for a quote unquote every superstar but you know never really pulling the trigger. And so, you know, I'm I'm kind of doubting it. I'm thinking, okay, Kyrie's going to figure out a way to work this out with LeBron. I was actually expecting Kyrie to stay on the Cavs, but um, but then when uh, when the trade happened, I I was first shocked, but then I looked back at it and I was like, this is a really good trade for the Eastern Conference because to mm-hmm. me, I think I think both teams got better in what they're looking for, and at the same time, I think it's going to make their matchup in the playoffs that much better. Because I think on a surface level, I think Kyrie is, even though the numbers say that they're pretty even, I think Kyrie is the better player um, than Isaiah Thomas. And I think, and um, the interesting thing was when I was doing the digging on the stats is that they actually have the same defensive rating, which is crazy considering Isaiah's five, maybe six inches shorter. I can't remember off the top of my head, but um, so the the fact the fact that Kyrie and Isaiah swap, and I think that I think that. Cavaliers getting Jay Crowder as well was a huge, huge get for them. Um, the pick obviously is a huge get in case things go south with LeBron, and so it, it made sense for it made sense for both sides. Boston also gets a guy that's 24 and two years away from free agency, as opposed to 28 and one year year away from free agency. Because I was one of those people that advocated that Isaiah deserves a max, but I wouldn't give him a max because. A guy five eight. Once he loses his step, once he loses his step, he's not gonna be he's not gonna be nearly as good as he is now. 
And so when he gets 33, 34 at the back end of that contract, that could be a very, very ugly contract. And so I was very skeptical of that. But now they got Kyrie, a guy you can lock up for five years. Uh, and he, he'll be he'll be entering 30, maybe 31. Um, so, you know, it's it's a good trade for both sides. And like I said, I think it's going to make that that matchup, which we presume right now, and I think you guys will agree with me that that it we seem like we're on a track uh we're on track for another collision course in the Eastern Conference Finals between Boston and Cleveland and I think it's going to be a better series this year because I think both teams kind of got what they were looking for and I like that Boston didn't give up Brown or Tatum No doubt no doubt great points great points what about you FIFO uh again man we we the, the text messages were flying between us um your your thoughts man when you got the word that this trade had actually gone down Man, just listen to your boy FIFA when it comes back. I somehow knew this was coming. Now, now for full disclosure, folks, you can you can check the tape. FIFA is on record as mentioning that this could possibly happen. I think we kind of dismissed what he said, but he did say it. Yeah, man. Because look, I, I think that oftentimes in the NBA, you don't get equal value or good value, right, when, when, right. when it comes to the trade. It's just like any business deal. Sometimes there's – most oftentimes there's a winner, there's a loser. There's rarely, you know, a, a clear-cut equal trade across the board. But in this case, the reason why I thought that this was, this was a possibility, a major possibility, because if I'm Cleveland, I'm looking at beyond LeBron, right? I have to look at the future and also trying to compete and – keeping LeBron happy so when you look across the NBA what teams can honestly give you that San Antonio didn't have nothing to give you the mm-hmm. Clippers didn't have nothing to give you uh Minnesota possibly has something to give you but you're gonna take back Wiggins when you already drafted Wiggins that would make you look inept um who, who else um that's that's pretty much it everybody else outside of Boston which had the assets Boston has been looking for a superstar player since they got all of these assets they finally got them Kyrie was available they had a first round pick that's going to be probably top 3 and they had young players now to me if I was Cleveland I think they did decent in the trade but they had to give me Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown Yes. In addition to that mm-hmm. number one pick, I, to me, I if agree. I was, I, I don't know the GM's name. You know, he just got in office, but if I was him, I would have been like, "Yo, y'all gotta give me, y'all gotta give me one of them." And if Boston would have said no, and I know that Kyrie and LeBron can't get along, then I understood why they made the move. Because who else was going to give you a better trade package? And to Chris's point, this makes the Eastern Conference viable again, at least for the Eastern Conference Finals. Now, I'm not saying Boston is going to beat Cleveland. I definitely think Boston is good enough to win two, maybe three games. Just maybe if if Kyrie just is unstoppable. We've seen him be that unstoppable, right? So... Well, all that being said, Jason Tatum still needs some seasoning. He still need a couple ass whoopings. Jalen Brown still need a couple ass whoopings. And I still think that they have enough assets to still make more moves to even further solidify their position as the second best, if not try to overtake Cleveland as the best team in the East. Now they have the they have the pieces for now and the future. Because as Chris mentioned as well, Kyrie's 24. He still has not reached his Prime. And then let's look at Brad Stevens and what he's been able to do with a hodgepodge misfit roster. 
he was able to get these guys as the best team in the Eastern Conference. What do you think you're going to do with a more dynamic scorer in Kyrie Irving and a better overall player, even though their defensive rating is the same? Right, the way Kyrie attacks the basket is second to none. The man got jelly all all over, all over that hand, all all, all over them butter, all, all over them biscuits. You know what I'm saying? Every time he go, to, <laughs> every time he go to the uh, to the hole and you roll it off the backboard, like Kyrie is the definitely the better player. Boston definitely is in a position to be good now and great in the future. Danny Ainge has to be the GM of the year if he has not been GM of the year. Because look, man, he 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 orchestrated that that move with 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 Brooklyn, and now we're seeing the manifestation of all of those previous moves, man. This right here is great for the NBA. It kind of saves the Eastern Conference. I'm happy for Kyrie, and I'm more so happy for Brad Stevens because now he got more weapons. He has more lethal weapons. And when you give a coach that, dare I say. I think offensively and the culture and everything that he's able to to create is on a pop level. Obviously, Pop has done it for so many years. He got the championships and all of that. But what we see Brad Stevens do, how many coaches have come into the NBA and do what he's done? I'll wait. I'll wait. So with all that being said, I love the move for both teams. No doubt. No doubt. Great points. Great points by you, FIFO. Um, Ken, what about you, man? Uh, your take on it? You, you, uh, you know, we've been talking about it and talking about this, and the possibility of, you know, we just discussed last week about the possibility of, you know, them coming to camp together, and we didn't think that that was likely. But Boston, of all teams, uh, your, your thoughts on this, man? When I first looked at it, um, I didn't like it. You know, um, like I saw Isaiah Thomas, Jay Crowder, some guy. And some future guy. <laughs> some dude. <laughs> right. Um, I don't know much about Zizek, but I think uh, Celtic fans were high on him. I think he's one of the guys they were high on. Um, but, again, I don't know. I'm not one of them, so I don't keep track of the Celtics' assets like that. Um, I didn't really see much in return um, for giving up a guy like Kyrie. But, you know, that's first reaction. Then you kind of sit back and think about it. And I think about the report that happened earlier about Dwayne Wade possibly joining Cleveland. And it all kind of starts to come together because mm-hmm. you have Isaiah Thomas who can score, but he'll also distribute the ball. So there's that. Then you have Jay Crowder who does a little bit of everything and he plays great defense. And. If Dwayne Wade comes over, you got a veteran that has been to the finals 1-1 without LeBron, 1-2 with LeBron. Um, so you, you you have that. So you got a guy who has playoff and finals experience. And all of a sudden, you kind of have a, a roster that could compete if Lou put together a, a, a good system to make it work, um, make all of those pieces work. And then, of course, if you, you're Isaiah Thomas and you're Jay Crowder, uh, you know immediately you're go- you're going back to the finals. Like you- you're going to the finals for the first time in your career, so you got to be stoked about that. And um, we all know that LeBron just makes everybody better. So imagine how all of that's going to work. And I forgot they got Derrick Rose. Yeah, I totally I, forgotten about. It. I, I forgot they have Derrick Rose too. So they have some pieces. The rest is on Lou. 
Lou, what are you going to do? Now, uh, for Kyrie, I'm with FIFO, man. I, I, I think this is a great move for him. Um, he is the guy in Boston now. He is the man. He is what he wanted to be. And you have some young, dynamic talent from what we've seen playing alongside you. So you get to be the leader, and you get to yep. show all of the things that you talked about, that you That's learned right. from LeBron. And you got to bring those those young guns with you, man. And and with Jason, I mean, Brad Stevens' coaching <laughs> talent, like FIFO said, he, he finally got a guy. Um, let's see what he can do to kind of get Kyrie to play within a system and to play team basketball. So that's going to be interesting to watch. And then, you know, to Chris's point, the East is really interesting now because everybody fled to the West running away from LeBron. Kyrie is still there. <laughs> so when they match up in the playoffs, can you imagine the stories written about <laughs> right. that? I was, I was just going to say that. Like the storylines the NBA is going to have for that, you know, if – if and pretty much when the Celtics meet up with the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals, like, oh yeah, that's NBA is going to eat that up. They're going to eat the storylines mm-hmm. up. Yeah, and you have two years to sell Kyrie on Boston. So, mm-hmm. but what I like yeah. the most, man, is like, is this last year and throughout all uh, throughout the whole season and the off season, what did we hear? Kevin Durant left because he didn't want to play with Westbrook. It was all speculation. It was all hearsay and people just, you know, making up what they think the storyline was or quoting unnamed sources. There's no unnamed source here. The right. one source is Kyrie. And Kyrie flat out said, I don't want to play with LeBron anymore. I want to be the old man. So I got to give Kyrie a lot of credit for that, for being up front, being honest, and saying, "Look, I'm ready to move, move, move on." And and there's no speculation. You can't talk about that um, the way that they they jumped on that. So I think there's something to that, you know. And it, and it just shows, man. So I, I give them props for that. And we'll see what happens. But this was the shocker of the day because FIFA said it, but I didn't see this coming at all. Like this just happened in, in the blink of an eye. Yeah, I, I yeah. agree too, man. I, I didn't wait, see wait, this wait, coming hold on, at all. Kyle. Hold go on, ahead. Kyle, before you go. You know, an, an, another thing too, like we, we didn't talk about the prospects coming out in the 2018 draft. Uh, I've been talking about it maybe not that much um, on the show, but Michael Porter Jr., this guy is the truth. This guy is the next cup. He's mellow and KD. This guy is the truth. I know I've talked about him on the show. This guy, scoring machine, 6'10", 6'11", probably going to grow a little bit more. You know, light light skin is is, is always been in. I don't know what the dude that. He committed to Duke, didn't he, uh, Fivo? Nah, uh, he's he's going to uh, uh, Missouri. And Marvin Bagley, he's the other guy. He. It's basically two I think guys. Bagley's the kid is going to Duke. He's going to Duke. Yes. Yeah, okay. And, Mar- okay. and Marvin Bagley, he's the real deal too. But the, the prize out this draft is Michael Porter. So if LeBron goes and they draft Michael Porter, oh, trust me, they'll be okay. They'll be okay. And Woj reported yeah. that Irving is thrilled to uh, be joining the Celtics, and uh, and yeah, they have a good chance of, of re-signing him too. So, damn right. 
I want to throw uh, one question out to everybody uh, real quickly, and that's the other part of this trade I wanted to talk about is, do we think that this makes the Cavs any better to better equipped to beat the Warriors? Um, getting like a, a guy like Crowder is very helpful, of course. Um, and you know Isaiah Thomas and Kyrie are relatively similar in stats, but um, we all agree that Kyrie is the better player. Do you guys think this moves the needle in any direction for Cleveland versus Golden State if that's what it comes down to in the finals? I think a little bit um, because what happened in this trade is you got another perimeter uh, multi-dimensional guy in Jay Crowder that Cleveland didn't have before. Uh, so now when you play small ball, you know, you could you could literally put LeBron at the five if they're going to put Draymond at the five. You could put Jay Crowder yeah. out there to go guard, a, you know, Draymond or Iggy or, you know, all of these other right. medium-sized guys that Golden State has that they just have in droves. Because now let's, let's, let's look at that Golden State Warrior team, right? Like Patrick McCall was a rookie last year. Obviously, he played well. He didn't he didn't shrink up in big moments. He's going to get more playing time. You have uh, they just signed Swaggy P. So they got more medium sized perimeter guys that can get buckets and do other things. That's what Jay Crowder is. Now, I'm not saying he's at the same level as some of those Golden State guys. But now you have another body that can go out there and is not going to be an overall mismatch in terms of foot speed or physical size. And, you know, the other thing to add on to that, um, Crowder, while he won't be able to stop Kevin Durant, he is someone that could take up the defensive assignment and give LeBron some rest on, you know, on defense. So I think that'll be an asset. But for me, yeah, you got extra pieces, but man, it's on Tyrone Lue, man. Like it's on you because you, you've, you've upgraded. You've upgraded to Derrick Rose, and now you have two pieces. We have a guy that people were talking about, and Isaiah Thomas, that people were talking about was was a, a superstar last year. And when you look at their numbers, like he, their numbers in terms of stat statistically are, are are comparable between It and Kyrie Irving. You already talked about the defensive rating, so there's nothing lost or gained there. So it's really a plug and play guy. And, you know, the rest is on Lou to kind of figure out how to make all of this work. So he's on watch. Yeah. Yeah, B, I what, agree. B, what about you? What, what, what's, your, what's your take? You think this moves them any closer to Golden State? Mm, no, nah, not really. I mean, it's still – with this Maybe. with this trade, it, it'll still be Golden State <laughs> winning the championship. Um, I don't think – this trade didn't have me – Raise my eyebrows, thinking, "Oh man, this is this is Cleveland." You know, they they going they going to give Golden State a run. Like, I no, it didn't. It was just kind of like same thing. If they would have kept, if Kyrie would have still been with them this season with that same squad, it would have still been Cavs Golden State Finals. But it would have still been the same results. Uh, Warriors would have been would have repeated. So um, I still feel that way going going into this season. I mean, barring no major injury, anything, but right. no, this this didn't do anything for me. Yeah, I, I I gotta agree, B. I, I think it it may. I mean, we just saw them win what four one. You know, yep. maybe they maybe they can get a game, maybe. Um, and, and like you said, barring any injuries or anything like that, uh, I think what it what this does is it strengthens the East. You know, now the Cavs don't necessarily have a cakewalk. Uh, and keep in mind, Washington's going to be dope again. They're going to be back next year. They're going to be, be be back in the mix. Um. You know, and I'm I'm very interested because I think one of you guys said it. 
the Eastern Conference Finals, if we can get these two teams in the Eastern Conference Finals, given the fact that we know Kyrie doesn't care for LeBron and now LeBron has some extra motivation, if you will, I think that would be, you know, and of course, you know, they're going to they're gonna play it up like these guys hate each other's guts or whatever like that. I think that kind of can get us back to how it was in the 80s and 90s, you know, get away from that buddy ball stuff where you got guys that genuinely don't like each other and their teams don't like each other and they play well and play hard. Um, but as far as does it get, a, get them closer to Golden State? No, nah, I don't think so. Um, like you said, Crowder is a good piece. He's not as he he's not as good offensively, obviously, as he is defensively. He, yeah, can he, can he knock down some shots? Yeah, he can help with KD. You know, but he's not going to stop Katie. I mean, Katie just averaged, what, 36, 37 a game um, in the finals. So, you know, I think it moves them somewhat closer. But to be competitive against the what you just really going to have to wait until the Warriors kind of break this thing up or you start plucking away, you know, their, their free agents really for them to go down, you know, barring injury or anything like that. But I think more so than anything else, it makes the East that more competitive and it gives us a rivalry that we can look at. And, and, you know, we, we already know that there's some bad blood. And even though LeBron, at least by the t- at the time of this recording, LeBron hasn't said anything publicly about it. I haven't seen any tweets about it or anything. But, you know, he's going to be looking for this. You know, he, he is going to be ready. Uh, so now my next question, you guys, uh, and before we get Chris out of here, um, and Chris, I'll start with you. If we had to pick a winner, Short term and long term, who do you think wins this trade? Who do you think wins in the short term? Who do you think wins in the long term? Because I, it may be able to go both ways. Uh, give me your thoughts. Who do you think wins this trade short term and long term? Yeah, I mean, like FIFO said, it's a very rare instance where I truly believe that if you were to tell me either team won short term and long term or vice versa or whatever, like I, I believe that it could truly go any any way really but if i had to pick i if i had to pick a long-term winner i would go i would go boston i would go boston in um i would go Cavs in the short term boston in the long term because of the fact that okay yeah the Cavs got um a prospect who boston's very high on and they got um and they got a player who's basically similar levels value uh value as Kyrie, and they got a brooklyn nets unprotected pick but to me, I'm always going to go with the established star, which is Kyrie Irving. And to me, Isaiah Thomas is a free agent after this year. You got Kyrie for two years. By all accounts, he's interested in re-signing. Um, Kyrie is the sure thing. We don't know if this number one pick is going to be a Kwame Brown. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it could happen. We don't, we don't know. These things aren't for sure. So to me, Boston getting a guy who's as talented as Kyrie at the age of 24 to me, that gives that makes me uh, makes them the winner of the long term in my eyes, and I say short term for Cleveland because they got another rotation piece. They basically swapped out Kyrie for two uh, for two uh, rotation pieces. So, um, so I think it goes. So I think it, I think it goes like that. But if someone wants to argue Boston in the short term, Cavs in the long term, or vice versa, I'm I really can't argue. I I think like FIFA said, it's a trade that kind of goes right down the middle. One of those very rare instances. True indeed, true indeed. What about you, Ken? Uh, short term, long term. How do you think this thing plays out? Who wins this? Well, you know, I, I I think it depends, right, on what LeBron does. We we Woj has reported that Kyrie more than likely will, will resign if that 
does indeed turn out to be true, then you got you got to say Boston won because they have uh, two young two young talented players now, and then they got a superstar in Kyrie, and they have uh, another draft pick next year, so they have a chance to have four guys on that team with Brad Stevens. But let's just say LeBron decides to stay, you know, and the Nets indeed suck as projected and they get that Michael Porter pick. Um, Then all of a sudden it it kind of changes a little bit because now they got a, a number one player in the draft and they still have LeBron and I, I don't know IT's contract situation, but I know from what I've read, Jay Crowder's contract is very, very nice. Very and, nice, um, yeah. Yeah, so that works for them. So you could argue that if LeBron stays next year, they could very well end up winning out. And while Kyrie may be a star, he may not get to the finals until LeBron decides to call it quits. So you can go over there and be the man all you want all day, but if you're not going to the finals, what is what is it going to get you? And then the Cavs, you know, are in position to um, rebuild while competing for titles, you know. So, and, and then if you look in the short term, um, you know, and I do think that there's bad blood. Stephen A. Smith, he always does this, but he hinted today on first take at knowing something that we don't know that he didn't want to put out there, but he did put out there without the details. There's something that happened between them that we're we're not hearing. So I, I would, everybody listening, be on the lookout for that because something happened between them that we don't know about that also led to this. So uh, to your point, Kyle, about that bad blood, oh, it's it if it's the way Stephen A. Smith is alluding, then, yeah, it's, it's going to be very real. But, um... But yeah, I said outside of IT, you know, um, IT's size, I think you know they're pretty even, except one team has LeBron, and the other don't. <laughs> right. <laughs> what about you, B? Uh, short term, long term, man. How do you think this thing plays out? Who wins? Um. Yeah. I, I just I'm saying short term Cavs. Cavs, of course, assuming that you know LeBron is does leave. Um, Ken did. Ken, you did bring up bring up an interesting point though. If if Brian decides to stay in Cleveland, but um, yeah, long term, I I would go with Boston just because of yeah. I mean, they, they just a younger core group of guys. They got a they got a first round draft pick that looks like he's going to be pretty promising. Uh, in Tatum. You know, along with Gordon Haywood and 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 a Kyrie that's entering his prime years of, mm-hmm. of his NBA career, and um, he's excited. He's looking forward. He wants to. It seems like he wants to stay and, and be a Celtic for for a while. So, um, long term, I would probably say Boston, just because of just the group of guys they got is just younger, um, and they can still kind of build. Because don't they got some more draft picks as well? I mean, the Nets was one, but don't yeah. they? Still, yeah, they mm-hmm. got like some more first round draft picks ahead. So. You know, I think Boston is looking good. In in short term, I would just give to the Cavs just because, like I say, I'm just basing this really assuming that LeBron leaves next year and go to a different, go to another organization. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's that's what I got. So so then so then how are the Cavs winning short term if if LeBron leaves? Like I, I I'm not understanding that sentiment that a lot of you guys are saying because to me when I'm looking at this in the short term, right, like today which is like today and tomorrow, right? Who got the better player? That was Boston. So Boston in the short term got 
the better end of the deal. In terms of long term, I think both teams got the better end of the deal, mainly because again, Kyrie is twenty four. You got to pick one. You got to pick one. What do you mean? Big one. Got to pick one. We got a short term. If someone if someone put a gun in your head and said pick short term and long term, who are you picking? I'm picking both. No, man. <laughs> Your ass. Both for the long term. Yeah, look, man. Look, let me give you my reasons, man. Let me give you my reasons. Look, listen. Because because both teams won. Remember, I said this is one of the rare instances where both teams got what they needed. Uh, what is what is what what did Cleveland need? Assurance or security if LeBron leaves. They got that with a potential number one pick. What is that? That's a future asset. That doesn't give you nothing today. That gives you something next season, right? So they won for the future. You but, have, but you, but have, to mm-hmm. but to Chris' point though, we don't know if that draft pick that that's rolling the dice though. I mean, look, you know. look, look. Here, here, here's the thing. Look, look, and in the drafts where we know that there is a number one consensus pick, how many times have we been wrong there? We've been wrong. You talking about like we as a consensus? You mean like you mean like just us, or you mean like just the NBA in general? Just in general, when we know that there's a consensus number one overall pick, how often has that pick been wrong? Who were the consensus consensus. number one? Who was the consensus like number one guy? LeBron. uh, Said who? Ben Simmons. LeBron James. Ben Simmons haven't even played a freaking game yet. It doesn't matter. That guy. I'm trying to I mean, you. don't throw him. I mean, I give you Brian, but don't throw Ben as example. He hey, let's let's th- let's throw out Derrick Rose too. Look how that turned out. Oh man, that's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once, but I mean, look at look at the overall length of his career. You're taking you're trading Kyrie but, for that. But to Ralph's point, he was. But 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 to Ralph's yeah. point, and I'll give it to you, Ralph. The, he was the consensus number one pick. Then yeah, he he got hurt, but. For a while, he he was balling. He, <laughs> he was, was the guy, and he it happens. And it, and it happens. Look, all I'm saying is this: in the future, both teams won for this reason. Kyrie's 24, Jason Tatum's 19, Jalen Brown's 20. Right? Yeah. That's that that right there. If those three guys can work together, and also how how old is Gordon Hayward? He's I like think yeah, he's like 26, 27. 27. Yeah. So he's in his physical prime now, and you got three guys that have yet to reach their physical prime that are going to only get better, right? And we all saw Jason Tatum ball. The guy mm. is a is a bona fide NBA player. I'm not saying that he's going to be the second coming of anybody, but we know he's going to be more than just a rotational player. Just based off of what we see, Jalen Brown is going to be nice. Right, we don't know how nice, but we know he's gonna be nice, and he's young. The the sky's the limit, and then you get possibly the number one pick that could possibly be Michael Porter Jr. Both teams won for the future because that's what Cleveland needed. They needed some type of assurance if LeBron leaves. Right, like what was the holdup with the whole Phoenix situation? Phoenix didn't want to give up uh, uh, Jackson. 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 Uh, Josh Jackson. Why? Because he is a young, viable asset. They got that. Even though it's not physically a player, they're going to have the ability to pick in the top three possibly next year. They both won in the future. Yeah. I mean, yeah. they both won, but the question is who wins more, right? Like, that's the question. So, well, FIFA is going to straddle the fence on this one. Okay. So, if you got a gun to my head, I'm going to say Boston won on both sides because they have more young talent. Uh-huh. Okay. No. 
I agree. I mean, yeah. like like FIFA said, I mean, it's it can go either way. I'm going with Boston for th- uh, for the long term, Cavs for short term. I think I agree. I think short term. I think short term the Cavs get it, and the reason why I say that is because I think the Cavs, when we looked pri- <laughs> up until today, we knew Kyrie was leaving, and we figured that whomever they would trade him for, the Cavs would would not get the same in return. And therefore, it was going to be an uphill battle for LeBron to, at the very least, get back to the finals, um, which is still going to be. But I think we like our, you know, we like the chances better as far as that notion is concerned. When you add the talents of an Isaiah Thomas, as well as this draft pick, as well as Crowder, um, and the reason why I think Boston wins in the long term is because uh, I really think now more so than ever. Uh, looking at the fact that LeBron has this twenty million dollar house in Los Angeles, he just secured like three or four more movies deals, like within the last two weeks. Um, I think LeBron's definitely headed for L.A. Uh, I don't know who's going to join him in L.A., but I think he's definitely headed for L.A. So I think Cleveland, and we talked about this just last week, where the question I asked you guys was, what what was going to happen with with Cleveland if they should, you know plan for the future and or plan for, you know, trying to build with LeBron just for this year. And we all to a man said, you know, they need to try to get what they can for this year, but they also need to plan for the future. And I think at the very least, if even if let's let's say LeBron does leave, assuming that he does, you've got Isaiah Thomas that you can, you know, give a contract extension to and then you would have this this top pick that you can build around. Um and I think Boston long term is in a good situation. I think, Ken, you mentioned it for the long term because, you know, they know at the very least they, they'll have to deal with LeBron. Assuming let's just assume that LeBron goes to L.A. They're going to have to deal with LeBron for one more year. After that, the coast is clear as far as the east is concerned. Um, so I think Boston and, and keep in mind, Boston still has I think they've got two. Uh, I think they've got two top picks next year. So, you know, Danny Ainge still has these assets. I, I'm not sure what the draft looks like other than, you know, Bagland Porter um, coming out next year. But I think this is a win for both. I think Boston wins in the long term. And that's assuming that Kyrie is going to resign. Uh, but I think it definitely looks it looks much better for Cleveland right now, because prior to today, we all knew that Kyrie was going to leave. And we thought that whatever trade that the Cavs would make, it wouldn't benefit them in the, you know, in the short term as far as the season is concerned, because we didn't think that they would be able to get that much help to help LeBron. But I mean, you know, like Chris said, it's pretty much a swap, you know, if you're going Isaiah for, uh, if you're going for points and stuff like that. Um, so we'll see, man. I, if, if nothing else, like B said, man, th- this NBA off season, it, it really feels like the season didn't end. I mean, like they've dominated the headlines. Uh, throughout hey, the whole offseason. What's up? So the draft picks that Boston still has, mm-hmm. uh, they have the Lakers pick if it falls between two and five. Okay. So that that's crazy. They still have their own pick. In right. 2019, they have Philly or Sacramento Kings pick if the Lakers' 2018 pick falls out of two or five. Oh, wow. They still wow. have Memphis Memphis Grizzlies Memphis Grizzlies pick if it falls outside of the top eight. The Clippers pick if it falls out of the lottery and Boston's own pick. So potentially they could have four picks next year. 
or 2019. <laughs> Damn. So, 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 so there, there's, there's, that's what I'm saying, man. Boston has still, they won now and they still have won for the future. They still have future assets to move around. They could still, let's say if Jason Tatum and or Jalen Brown doesn't work, you could still move one of those guys. You could still trade Al Horford. Like they, like they have a lot of moves, a lot of moves to make if they want to. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. It is definitely uh, like they used to say back in the day, man. The NBA action is fantastic, man. As always, man, Chris, thanks for coming on and joining us and talking some NBA, man. We definitely appreciate the love, brother. No problem, man. I'm I'm on any time. You know, just give me a call and I'm on. Uh, This was this was dope. I'm glad to talk basketball with you guys. And I hope to have you guys on my podcast soon. Definitely. Definitely, man. Good luck in school, man. Thank you, man. Party on. Yeah, you on, baby. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt, man. Shout out to Chris for coming through as always, man. Uh, so, and like I said at the top, man, we were talking NBA. We didn't <laughs> up until like right before we were about to record. We didn't know that we were necessarily going to be talking about this in the NBA. But uh, one of the other big headlines uh, coming into this week is the fight this coming weekend. Uh, if you've been hiding under a rock, uh, you know that uh, or you may not know that Conor McGregor is set to take on Floyd Money Mayweather this weekend in Las Vegas. Uh, it's been dubbed the quote unquote fight of the year. So the time is here. FIFA, man, what do you think is going to happen? I think I think, I, you know, I, I've talked to a lot of people regarding the fight, what, what people think is going to happen. A lot of people think it's going to be boring. But see, I'm, I'm a boxing fan. I grew up on boxing. I grew up on Hector Camacho. I grew up on Julio Cesar Chavez. I grew up, obviously, on Tyson. You know, I grew up on Lennox. I grew up a boxing fan. So to me, watching Mayweather, it's never boring because I, I find extreme enjoyment watching this man dodge two three punches and then clocking you back with about two or three. You don't have to have power, but just the sheer textbookness of this man's boxing ability is 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 all is all inspiring to me. So to me anyway, a, a, ah, any Mayweather fight is an awesome fight for me. Um but in terms of this I really, and I'm going to take my dead in hip-hop, one of my dead in hip-hop cast friends, I really didn't know what to expect. I, 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 I really don't know what to expect because I don't think Connor has the boxing requisite that it takes to match a Floyd Mayweather. But I think because of that and how wild he could possibly be, how strong he is, I've always said it. I said it with Canelo. If Canelo could catch Mayweather... You know, he could might hurt him. But the, the key thing is catching him. And watching May, uh, Connor, you know, uh, train and doing all these things, I, I, I just, I, I don't see it. I, I don't see it. I definitely think it's going to go the distance because Mayweather fights are not going to end in a KO. I, I don't see it. Um, I, I think it's going to be a typical Mayweather fight. Man. <laughs> Mayweather, he may, he may catch something from Connor. Um, I doubt it, but he may, and I, I think his his jaw and his chin is strong enough. I, I don't I don't think Connor's gonna be able to knock him down, but I, I think Mayweather's gonna tag him, and I think Connor's gonna get frustrated, and just like every other fighter, man, I think this is just going to be another fight uh, for Mayweather. He's gonna go fifty and zero, and he's gonna have the biggest payday of his career, and he's gonna walk off like Jordan, you know, holding up that 
that that that follow through against Utah, man. <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. What about you, Ken? Man, I, we we've talked about it. Uh, this time last year it was just a dream. Nobody saw this actually happening. Now it's it, it's upon us, man. The quote unquote fight of the year. How do you see this thing playing out, man? Um. <laughs> I've listened to a lot of people talk about this fight. Um, I keep hearing the same thing over and over again. Obviously, because it's only so many, so much you can say about it. Um, I, I I do think that McGregor will be very aggressive, and he will attempt to turn this into a slugfest. That's one of the things that I heard. And you know, when I when I thought about what they said, it, it kind of made sense. Like you can't outbox him. So you might as well just go in swinging like two women in, in, in a in a in a cat fight, you know, <laughs> and and hope something just happens, and it was, and you know live with the results because you have no other no other chance of winning this fight other than catching him um, one clean and and that's it. So that's what I see, man. Like I, I think McGregor is smart enough to know that. What Mayweather does well is is he he's a defensive fighter, so he knows he can't get in the ring and try to to beat him from a pure boxing uh, standpoint. So he has to take an unconventional method to try and get this victory. So um so yeah so I I think that's probably what's gonna happen, and um. And we'll see. I mean, it, you know, it seems like Mayweather should win it. So, uh, you know, we'll see. So maybe he is going to go out like like Mike Jordan. Um, but yeah, FIFO, I don't, I don't, I don't think this should count as a real victory, though. What about you, B? Um, you're you're a huge, huge boxing fan, man. Um, like I said, we didn't think that this would ever happen. How, how do you see? How do you see this thing uh, playing out, man? Twelve rounds of just Mayweather schooling him. I, I I still can't believe people are really feeding into the fact that Conor McGregor, someone who do, who doesn't box, gonna come in and beat someone who's freaking forty nine and zero. And we see how technically sa- savvy he is in the ring. This is just gonna be. This is gonna be another. Uh, like people said, man, typical Mayweather schooling. He gonna school him to death. School him to death. And it's just going to be Mayweather, you know, not as it be like a super big controversy where the refs cheat him out or whatever. But other than that, you know, Connor going to try to be aggressive. This dumb fool going to have a nerve to say he's going to he gonna knock out uh, Floyd Mayweather within 10 seconds. Come on. Just, just stop. <laughs> like, why are you just trying? I mean, you know, I understand you're trying to sell the fight and everything. <gasps> I understand that. You know, you're trying to sell the fight. Mayweather trying to sell a fight too, talking about some, you know, I ain't the same guy I used to be, you know, I'm 40 years old, da, da, da. Mayweather, stop it. You know you about to go out here and have fun and clown this dude, like really clown this, this dude. So, yeah, man, it's, it's when when the fight is over, we're going to be like, well, well, this is what people going to be complaining. Man, Mayweather, he just fight a boring fight because he's going to be tic-tacking him and schooling him, man. It's just like I, I don't even see why people are getting really so up for this uh fight i'm not um i was just excited i'm just excited at this fight as i was when he was fighting andre berto i'm like why is he fighting andre berto he's just gonna school him and that's what happened 
it's gonna be the same way with this fight, man. It's just like it's the whole the build up has been more of a circus and more exciting than that than the actual fight. I would be surprised if this fight ends with Mayweather TKOing them or knocking them out. I, I would be shocked. I mean. Like I say, of course they're gonna say whatever they want to say to build the fight up to get people buying the fight and checking in for the fight. But I'm not excited about this fight now one bit. Um, is Mayweather's gonna go 50 and 0, um, and retire? You know, 50 and 0. Um, but yeah, it's just this is just this is a freaking circus. I it's just a circus. I, 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 it's just am- I'm just amazed that people really think I, I am that too. Conor McGregor has a chance. Like, have y'all seen this dude? Like. When he was hitting the speed bag, I'm like, oh my God. telling me this slow, this slow <laughs> shit is going to hit Mayweather? Like, I don't know, man. Like, Mayweather has when he went against some, some way better. I mean, the opponents that Mayweather beat will, will clown Conor McGregor. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, y'all really think this guy has a freaking shot, like a chance? Like, oh my God. Like, this is, it, it, it just trips me out, man. It's, it's crazy that people really think that, that something can happen. Like, you know, Les Mayweather getting paid about fifty billion dollars to blow the fight, you know, whatever. But other than that, man, no, this is about to be a school. School is about to be in session come this Saturday. Man, I, I'm I'm surprised that it's even happening. I mean, I, I never yeah. I never thought yeah. it would happen. I'm surprised that people really are like gassed up to see it. I'm surprised that people are buying pay per view. Um, what's what's his? I think something's crazy now I, and. Be clear, I'm not watching this fight. Like I have no desire. Somebody asked me, I was like, "Yo, you gonna get a fight?" I was like, "Yo, I wouldn't watch this fight if they were fighting in my front yard, right?" So I don't care. Like, so I'll go to sleep at some point in time uh, Saturday night, wake up Sunday morning to either the text from you guys or, or ESPN alert or whatever, telling me that it was over, whatever, whatever. Um, it would be like me playing against Kevin Durant. If I played Kevin Durant in a game of twenty-one over under. You think I get two points? Maybe, you know, maybe, you know, if if he didn't guard me, and and I'm not, a, <laughs> I'm not a great basketball player by any stretch of the imagination. I think that's hit the odds of him beating Florida about the same odds of me beating Kevin Durant in a game of horse or a game of one on one. I'm still surprised that it's actually happening, uh, but yeah, it's it's. I think I think ultimately Conor McGregor is going to do something to. Get himself disqualified. Floyd's gonna frustrate him, and he's gonna like kick him in the chest or something like that. It's gonna be the end of the fight, and people are gonna be pissed off. I, I just see a train wreck, man. We the the four of us we watched uh, Floyd Mayweather's fight against Pacquiao at B's crib a couple of years ago, and I told myself after that I was like, yo, I'm never watching this dude fight again, never. Like I, I was done. So like I, I have no desire to see the fight. I'm I'm really surprised that pe- just to hear people how gassed up they are about it so i'm i don't know man i just i'm again i'm like b i just i don't see it happening i don't i mean how far could it go i guess you know if if floyd wants to toy with him and go 12 rounds he probably could i guess but i saw all i needed to see from that training session and his sparring sessions i mean he looked like he looked like one of us you know i just it's just not his thing and now if it was you know ufc then that'd be different or mma whatever the case may be yeah, it's different, but nah. Right. We'll see. Saturday night, man. Um, if those of you listening, if you're getting uh <laughs> if you're getting the fight, uh I will say this. If you're getting the fight or you're going to a fight party, be careful who you go see the fight with. Uh, cause 
<laughs> Normally, it, it'd, these... be on, it'd be on Facebook or YouTube, right? Yeah, like an hour. After exactly, the exactly, exactly. So, um, you know, fights usually break out at these kind of fights. So, you know, be be very cautious about who you watch this fight with. Um, moving on to the NFL, man, we had a lot of stuff happen in the NFL this past week. Uh, more protests. Uh, we had uh, Cleveland Browns. Just last week, man, we came on this podcast and we talked about head coach Hugh Jackson. Uh, he said that he didn't want his players protesting during the national anthem. And subsequently, in last night's Monday night football game, 12 of his Cleveland Browns players took a knee in prayer during the national anthem. Uh, FIFA, are you surprised that they did this? I, I'm, I'm not surprised. Like, I, I was more surprised Hugh, Hugh Jackson came out and said what he said. You know what I'm saying? Look, man, the, I, <laughs> I think that, and, and I said it last week, I feel like I'm going to just say everything I said last week. When you have a platform and you feel some type of way about something that is factual, that is outside of your window, that is on TV, that is on social media, then you as a human have a right to voice your opinion. Even if you even if you don't have a platform, if you want to go out you know, and, and, and rally people. If you want to do whatever it is that you feel that you need to do so your voice can be heard, then you need to do it. That is a human thing. That is not an American thing. That's not a, a divine thing. That is a human being thing. If I see something that's not right, then I need to take some form of action to voice my opinion. And that's all that these NFL players are doing. There's nothing wrong with it. The same way there's nothing wrong with basketball players wearing T-shirts over their warm-ups, having any type of saying or message, or if there was a basketball player that wanted to sit or do whatever. You know, we have to be, as a society, more progressive. And when you look at what's happening with the NFL, it is a microcosm of what's happening in society. We have these super rich white men that are so far removed from what's really happening that they just want to tell the people that they control how to act. And that's that's not what's going to happen because ain't nobody going to tell Marshawn Lynch what he's going to do. Let's be honest. Right. There's certain players that I don't care if you Jerry Jones or you Robert Kraft or whoever, you're not going to tell these players what they're going to do. Now, some of them are going to acquiesce to some of the demands that these teams are putting on, right? Especially in the NFL, and I get it. Get your money. It's not guaranteed. They can cut you at any time, and you won't get no money. I get it. But if you're one of these players with guaranteed money, with a profile, with a name, and you feel some type of way, oh, you better say something. You better say something. I'll put it to you like this. I was more disappointed in what not in Derek Carr and Khalil Mack's actions, mm-hmm. but Derek Carr's explanation. Right. Because right. because that's what you're supposed to be when you're a teammate, right? When, when you play in, in, in any sport, whatever level you play at, you're supposed to love and trust the people that you play with and the people you play for. That is automatically, it, like, you know that. 
You know that. You're supposed to be that. There's supposed to be some sort of cohesion between you and everybody else on your squad. For for Derek Carr to make the comments he made, that was a cop-out. This was a prime opportunity to take control of the reins and be one of the first white players to truly speak out on this issue. He missed the mark. And that's why it's so sad because we have we have we only have brothers, melanated brothers, that are with their voice speaking out, putting putting not only action but their words behind their actions. And then we finally see an image that looks very similar to uh the, the dude Britt. I can't remember his first name from uh Justin Britt. Justin Britt, you know what I'm saying? But we actually have a quarterback, up and coming, one of the more dynamic quarterbacks in the NFL. This was your opportunity to seize the moment, and he failed, and he failed. This right here is bigger than football. It's 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 a social injustice. Every player that feels any type of way needs to take action. Do not cop out. Don't put your hand on your brother's shoulder and just say, oh, yeah, it's just showing brother. No, 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 no. Because <laughs> this is 2017 and we shouldn't, at this point, after everything we've been through, we shouldn't even be having this level of conversation anymore. But because we are, Thanks. everybody needs to take the opportunity to bring light to the situation because we are still having these issues today. Don't cop out. Don't take this platform and then twist it. Don't come out here and say all lives matter. No, black lives matter. Yes, we. it's understood that every, every human being has the right to live. Every human being has the right to basic human decency. But do not cop out. Do not cop out. Don't give us the imagery and then cop out with the words. Both mm-hmm. of them are equally as important. And everybody, again, I'm going to say it one more time. Everybody that does or does not have a platform if you feel a type of way about what's happening in today in 2017 you must you have to speak out do not cop out say what you mean mean what you say hey man i think we need to pass the collection plate yeah, man that was great people i had no doubt no doubt great great words man um i echo those sentiments i i, I don't really have much else to say uh B, what about you, man? Your take on it. Um, were you surprised that the, you know, Cleveland Browns players did this, uh, coming on the heels of Hugh Jackson uh, saying that he did not want uh, his players to, you know, be in any type of protest? Um, I wouldn't really say surprised. I just more so like I guess like kind of happy based off what the comments that we talked about, you know, last week on the show. Um, now, you know, it's interesting now, you know, we have Chris Long, you know, other, you know, Caucasian players stepping up now, mm-hmm. you know, it'll be interesting if we have like the Tom Brady's, the Aaron facts, Rodgers, facts, like the more, the more popular Caucasian players that the NFL, that are considered the face of the NFL, um, you know, start to step up. It would be interesting if we start seeing those, you know, those type of guys, you know, JJ Watts, you know, um, trying to think of some other it's i mean it's so many you know so many of them that we can name that can come out there and, and start stepping up that would be interesting now that's what i would like to see that don't get me wrong even though i like i'm, I'm loving i'm seeing 
I'm starting to see more of uh you know the white Caucasian you know players kind of step out and saying hey look this is I support I support my brothers I support my teammates and everything put you know put your arm around them I, I think that's great I think that's definitely great even you know regardless but I want to see the more the superstars of the Caucasian players start to come out and step up and say, you know, can you imagine if Tom Brady would have did something like this? Like, oh my God, man, like you know that that would be crazy. So, yeah, that's what I want to see. I definitely want to see some more of the more popular white players, you know, come out and, and show support, you know, to to for us. I mean, not for us, but just just for equality. You know what I'm saying? For what's, what's right, you know. So. That's what I want to see. Like I want to see that. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think that was dope, man. To show that, that they showed that the players praying and and show, you know kneeling and and, and respect of the, of the vets and and everyone else and um, you know out of respect of the vets and everybody. So yeah, I think it was dope, man. And then when I just saw it, I just I was just kind of like chuckling to myself, like huh, after that damn coach made that statement. Look at this. <laughs> right. I'm like, now look right. at this. Right. Will you look at this. Look at this. Yeah, so, and those were those are some stars, some of the stars in this team. So it yeah, wasn't like man, wasn't so, like there were just people who get cut tomorrow, you know? Right, right. So I, I thought that was cool, man. You know, like I mean, it wasn't surprised. I just like I said, I just kind of like chuckled to myself, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What about you, Ken? Not a shocker, man. You you're not gonna tell grown men what you can and cannot do, or try to threaten them by uh, talking sideways or talking, you know, um, indirectly to them. You know, Hugh Jackson, you said you know your guys in that locker room. Guess you didn't know them as well as you thought you did. <laughs> you know, and, and and that was the thing. Like, I knew as soon as he said it, somebody will kneel. Right. I didn't know it was going to be 12. And the fact that it was so many showed that, or at least it's telling me, and I could be entirely wrong, and that's okay. But I think that that was a, I think that was a, a revolt in the locker room basically uh, against what he said. For me, I echo everything that, that, that Ralph said. Um, I'm, I'm behind it 100%. I don't think, B, that we will see the the bigger stars uh, jump out here like that. But I am proud that more and more people are um, taking a stand and and showing their support. I think it, it, it is needed. Um, I, I just want to see us do more or, or to start put some action behind it to, um, I don't know, to, to help institute change. Um, mm-hmm. This is great. You're, you're causing awareness to it, and we need that. And I think more importantly is needed because of what's been happening to Colin Kaepernick. And mm-hmm. it, it showed, you know, to me when, when I see this, it's like you tried to get rid of the the guy that started it all, and you thought that by doing that you can threaten people's jobs and 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 coerce people into not taking a stand and to not protest. And it's been the exact opposite. And they made a grave mistake in not signing that guy. And um and and now we have more and more people um, standing up. And Charlottesville played. A, a big role in that huge role um, in getting the, the white players involved because there is some shame that they have from what happened. And it's a wake up call for those that didn't believe the things that Colin were saying or the things that black people were saying, they didn't quite understand it. But when evil has a face and that mm. face looks like you, 
all of a sudden you don't want to be identified with that face because when you wake up in the morning and you go you take a shower and you get ready for work and you look in the mirror and that person is a reflection of the same people that were out there marching to a lot of people out here they don't ever know if you could be one of them mm-hmm. and 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 that's the thing so we we're we're in a, this isn't the show for it so i'll i'll start to wrap up by saying <laughs> that we're we're in a, a a real interesting place man right now in this day and age and i appreciate all the protests but i i do want to see some action behind it so we can start implementing policy and cleaning up neighborhoods and and stuff like that and uh the last thing i'll say is that white guy that's married to the sister yeah he's yeah gonna be uh, cut. DeVale, DeVale. DeVale. Yeah, yeah yeah he he's gone man he's out of there they're gonna cut him uh because they didn't know he was he was he was sleeping up with the enemy so he out of there that hey b sent us that <laughs> b sent us that that tweet from that judge yeah. that judge is spoken yeah. man Oh, it's over. It's over for that brother. <laughs> oh man, you stupid. Um, hey, also, also ahead, too, I just want to touch. You know, just like quick change the subject, or not change the subject, but kind of back to the subject earlier. Cavs and Celtics start the season opener October seventeenth. <laughs> oh, I'm there. I'm I'm right in front of the TV for that one, man. I did not know that. I'm right in front of the TV for that. You know, as weird as that, like. Those games usually kind of fly under the radar nationally when the NBA season starts. Oh, no, that, that's, a big old, that's a big bowl asterisk next to that damn game. Let me <laughs> tell you something. Adams, and just to piggyback on that, Adam Silver is winning. I mean, like the NBA, for, for everything that has happened, you know, and then you don't have any NBA players getting locked up or getting, and then not to say that they don't, but, you know, there's nobody in the headlines like Ezekiel Elliott type you know, stuff happening in the NBA, you know, it's all contractual and it's about, you know, these guys moving teams and that type of thing and imposturing. Um, what the hell? What's up? Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Mark Robert is betting 500,000 with P Diddy. He's be, he putting his money on Conor McGregor. Man, Mark what? Robert. He five five hundred thousand is like $5 to us. <laughs> hey, but Hey, but look, if, if he wins, Exactly. Just I think that's just him and Diddy bet. Like I think that's just like a uh uh I don't know if he's putting that bet on Vegas. I think that's I just, yeah, I think that's him and Diddy, like five hundred. Yeah. But um the only thing I'll add to that is that it just really and we we've touched on it before. Um I think you know, having I, one thing I don't want to happen I, I don't want it to be a situation where taking a knee or, you know, some type of symbolic gesture is just that, just the gesture. And there's no follow-up. And like Ken said, there's nothing behind it because then it becomes something fashionable. You know, like, you know, last year we saw little league teams taking a knee, you know, during the national anthem. And I, I mean, that's cool, but you know, what's the, what's, what's the follow-up to it? Um, And I don't want that to be the trend and, and understand that these are silent protests and understand what, because see what what happens is sometimes what get, gets lost is what the protest is actually about. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, yeah, it's cool to say, okay, yeah, we took a knee during a prayer, but why are we taking this? And, and can you effectively communicate why it is that you're doing it? Yeah, you have a platform, but what does it mean to you? What is it? And 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 granted, everybody who has a certain feeling or has a you know feels some kind of way, 
they don't necessarily have to take a knee. They don't necessarily have to, they don't necessarily have to raise their fist. You know, it's other ways that you can go about it. And I don't knock anybody that stands for the national anthem or, or takes a knee for the national anthem. Um, but I don't want it to just be a trend. And I think it's unfortunate, like Ken said, you know, Colin Kaepernick started all of this. And, you know, from the looks of it, he's never going to get another shot in the in the NFL. Um, I hope I'm wrong, but it doesn't. I mean, he's not in camp now, you know, you know, barring major catastrophic injury, catastrophic injuries, uh, catastrophic, excuse me, catastrophic injuries across the board. He's not going to get another shot. So, you know, for him to do that. And to, you know, then put his money where his mouth is and what he's doing to evoke change in these communities, I think, says a lot. And then the last thing I'll add is this, you know, just being a student of history, man, you know, you can look at the civil rights movement. Uh, The civil rights movement was awesome and it was a great movement. But to be honest, the civil rights movement really did not get the push that it needed until white folks got involved. White folks got tired of turning on the TV, seeing black people getting dog sicked on them and being blasted by you know water hoses and that's what it's going to take and i think you know it's more to it than just like fifo said a teammate putting a hand on a guy's shoulder yeah i would love to hear what tom brady has to think about you know about cops killing you know black kids in the street i would love to hear what he has what he has to say about it but part of the problem is nobody never asked him the question so we'll never know if they're never asked and I think that's one of the things that the NFL doesn't do that the NBA, the NBA, you know, it's, it's all hands on deck. And the NBA, one thing, and I read a quote the other day, right after our podcast last week, that Aaron Rodgers met at, it might have been the ESPYs or something like that. He met with uh, Adam Silver and he mentioned in their conversation that he appreciated the fact that, you know, Silver encouraged the NBA players to to, to, to be themselves and to speak out. And what that told me was that here it is a guy who's one of the faces of the league and he feels like he can't say what he wants to say or he can't do what he wants to do without fear of retribution from the team that employs him. And I mean, I know the Packers ain't going to cut Aaron Rodgers, but if Aaron Rodgers feels like, well, maybe I should say something or maybe I should take a stand, but I don't want to, you know, alienate my, my team or alienate, you know, this organization, then that's a problem. You know, so basically what that tells me is that the what I already knew is that the NFL does not they don't promote individualism, you know, like the NBA does. And obviously two different sports. So so I get it. But I would love to hear their opinions on some of these social issues. And like like we mentioned in, in last week's podcast and previous podcasts, this these social issues and social injustices, just like people said, they aren't going away. You know, and, and no, we're not. We, we could do a whole podcast on this. You know, I, I know that you guys have touched on it on, um, you know, the other podcast um, is the mic still on and there'll be more conversations about that. And, you know, but we won't necessarily always just have to stick to sports because this is a part of what sports has become. And, you know, when you look at events like what happened in Charlottesville, it's not going anywhere. You know, Chris Long stood up and spoke out because he's someone who's passionate about it, but he's also someone who went to school at the University of Virginia, which is in Charlottesville. So there's a personal connection there. So we hopefully we'll see more people speak out. Hopefully we will. Uh, now, it's also sticking with the NFL, uh, NFL's player, uh, NFLPA director, uh, D. Maurice Smith, last week said that the NFL uh, in 2021 he said an NFL lockout or strike is almost, quote, a virtual certainty. Um, Ken, 
how how do you how likely do you think this is and you know should players be concerned because we're talking about something that's three years away um you know what i'm not exactly sure um I think it's something that they they should be concerned about because some of them some of them need to be uh saving money and putting money away. <laughs> <laughs> you know, especially all you young bucks out there trying to live like rappers um because, you know, that lockout could be something serious. So I I think that I think with Goodell getting that extension uh I I think is real likely because they're going to want some changes. Mm-hmm. Mm. Losing Zeke, losing Brady, regardless of how I feel about him. Um, <laughs> I, I think they, they don't like that, you know, because to them, you know, that could be them. You know, when they look mm-hmm. at somebody like them going down, they're like, hey, that could be me, man. So I, I, I think that the players should be concerned, and, and I think they should start preparing for it. I think it's highly likely to happen uh, after all of this. CTE, um, after all of these non-guaranteed contracts, after everything that happens in the NFL, of course it's going to happen. I think Ken is 1,000% right. It, it's far enough in the future where if you are one of these guaranteed high-paid athletes, you need to be saving your saving bonus. I mean, your uh, signing bonuses. Uh, you need to be saving your your, 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 your monthly paychecks. You need You need to gear up for the fight. Now, the minimum contract guys, the fringe guys, hey, you need you don't need to be living like you are an NFL superstar. You need to be living like you, you FIFO got down. Like, that, that, <laughs> that, like, I got a budget. You understand me? Sometimes my money be short. That's how you need to be living. That's how you need to be thinking because the fight needs to be long. And I think that the NFL players need to take it to the league. The people that need to be concerned are the owners because you're already losing sponsorships over the protests. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you have already lost some of the fan base over, you know, brain trauma. You're already losing kids playing the Thanks. sport at a Thanks. younger age. So so now you're losing part of your future. The league is the entity that needs to be most afraid of the lockout, not the players. The players just need to gear up, make sure that you done paid everything off, at least by not this year, by next year. Make sure you don't have no outstanding bills. Make sure your rent paid up for about two years. Just make sure you straight and fight the good fight because at the end of the day, there is no NFL without y'all. Let them go get replacement players. Ain't nobody paying. Ain't nobody paying no NFL ticket money to go see a replacement Aaron Rodgers, a replacement Tom Brady. Man, get the hell up out of here. The, you, they need to put the onus on the league. They need to make the league make more concessions. They, the, the, the NFLPA needs to rewrite what Roger Goodell's powers are and what and, and what order of everything that's going to go in like like there's a lot of changes that need to happen i think that the nflpa needs to be gearing up their players to understand what is going to be forthcoming they, they just need to understand and they need to make sure that the nfl feels the pressure because it's not on the players it's on the nfl to make these changes if they call colin kaepernick then <laughs> I bet they will <laughs> to be a replacement hey, player. Yeah, to be a replacement player. <laughs> oh man! Oh my gosh, man! Trust me, you don't want to see replacement players out there. I've I've lived through that. That is not a good look. 
Um, what about you, B man? Your 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 take on it, man? Do you think that this? How likely you think this is going to happen, and and should players be concerned? Yeah, I think this is. I think this is going to happen, man. And and like people in in Kansas said, man, these players better <laughs> get that put that money aside, you know. And and you know if if for the for the the uh, big contract guys, the quarterbacks that's making the money, the real money with the guaranteed mm-hmm. money. You know, if you if you cool with some of the the the, the lower tier money making guys, you know, kind of help them out. You know what I'm saying? Just be prepared. Be prepared to kind of chip in and help out some of the guys that's making you know only a hundred thousand, two hundred thousand a year. You know, opposed to you making sixty million or whatever. So kind of help them out. Um, but yeah, definitely they need to gear up. I think this is I think this is going to happen, man. I think it's I think NFL is they they do they need to they need to have a reality check and have a lockout. I think is this something like this needs to happen. It just needs to happen. I mean, I know people who love to watch football and stuff like that. You know, you, you don't want to see a lockout, but situations like this, I think, you know, look at the NBA. Look how great the NBA is. Yeah, you know, look, look great how, point. You know, great. you need you need you need this to happen. I think this this needs to happen in the NFL. You need to have a chin check. You know what I'm saying? You need to have someone, you know, you need to have a him up. Someone need to him you up and kind of, <laughs> you know, and kind of put you in check for a second. And I think with this lockout. The NFL, this needs to happen. It just need it's point blank period. It needs to happen. Uh, I I I echo echo you guys' sentiments. I, I think it's definitely going to happen. I think given the fact that you know we've got a three year window, I think D. Maurice Smith is is putting it out there. Uh, not only for the players that are in the NFL, but if you're listening to this podcast, if you're in college and you'll be in the NFL in three years, I, I think you you need to be paying attention um, because. And we, it's funny because like you, what you mentioned, you know, some of the policies and some of the disciplines that Roger Goodell handed out, Ken, and what's, what's the, the, the reoccurring theme that always came back? Well, Goodell shouldn't have this kind of power. Well, you know how Goodell got this power? Goodell got this power in the last negotiation that they had. And the owners aren't crazy. They know that if they can stall these guys out long enough, they're going to come to the table and they're going to, because ultimately they, they don't want to miss game checks. Um, I think the men and somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think the minimum salary, uh, in the NFL right now is about 500,000. And while that is a lot of money to most of us, uh, and a lot of people are not going to be happy with what I'm about to say. A lot of these players are living paycheck to paycheck. And I know that sounds crazy to be making $500,000 a year. Now keep in mind now. They're not getting paid. Five. They only get paid these this this money during the season. You know, so you get you get a certain you get a stipend and you get a certain amount of money for your OTAs and training camp. But you don't actually start getting your game checks until the season actually starts. So, you know, for a guy like Peyton Manning, excuse me, not Peyton Manning, a guy like Eli Manning or Aaron Rodgers or somebody like that who's got you know money. You know, no, they, no, he's not bouncing. <laughs> he's not bouncing any checks. Uh, but you know, the, the second string linebacker, who's probably making 700,000, you know, who is in the league on his, you know, maybe it's his third or fourth year and he's got, he's up in a contract, that type of thing. Those guys, no, they can't afford to miss a check, you know, cause by the time the summer rolls around and they go through training camp they're and I'm not saying that they're, you know, broke or anything like that, but they're ready They They have, they're financially ready to get that first paycheck. And you know, most just like most of us, you know, listening to this podcast, most of you listening to this podcast, most of us aren't going to be able to live three months, six months, a year without a paycheck. 
I mean, it's just not going to happen um, unless you have tremendous amount of savings. And so what the NFL is doing now is just telling guys, hey, man, start stacking your bread because they're going to have to dig in. If they want Roger Goodell to relinquish some of the power, some of the things that they're going to have to go to the table that they're willing that they that they're going to fight for, um, they got to be in for the long haul. And it it may result in us not seeing some games in 2021. That's almost a a a, a, a it's a lock. It's going to happen. And like B said, if you go back, look at what happened to the NBA in that strike shortened season. And I think one of the things that was very key that we did not see in previous uh, labor discussions was you had the face of the league in LeBron James. You had guys like Chris Paul who were right there on the forefront fighting for not just for their money, but for the generations to come behind them. I thought that was key. And I, you, you hardly ever see that in the NFL. Yeah, we saw Drew Brees out there, but you don't you didn't have the super superstars of the league year in and year out fighting for the play for their fellow you know NFL players. And if they want Goodell to come up off some of this power, they're going to have to relinquish something in return. And, you know, the, both sides are going to dig in. So D. Maurice Smith is just kind of warning players, hey, get save your money for those of you in college that plan on coming out and be coming out in the next year or two. Save your money because, you know, it may it's probably going to result in us missing some games. And, you know, unfortunately, even that making 500,000 guys can't afford to miss games. So well, we'll see. Kyle saying that they're financially ready to get a check is a fancy way of saying you're broke. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm just saying, man, I mean, like those dudes, those like the dudes right now, there are some dudes that I mean, they know that they're going to make the team. But, bruh. That first paycheck comes, I want to say, like the first Tuesday in September. Man, they can't wait. Like, because <laughs> think about it. You The season ended in, you know, I don't know, January or whatever like that. Hey, and these guys, you know, they've been training. They've been flying over, you know, taking vacations just like all of us. And, you know, the, the bills start to mount up, you know, and God forbid you got, you know, a woman and some kids or something like that. You know, and then you got your homeboy. I mean, it just depends on your lifestyle. And so... You know the bills don't stop coming, so I don't know, man. So, hey, and and you know you you keep coming, going home, and you married. You gonna want that <laughs> exactly. lockout real soon? Exactly. So you, you better know, take your financially ready to get a check ass back to work. Exactly. Exactly. Your old lady gonna be like, "Look, man, you y'all y'all ain't got this thing figured out yet." You know. So, um, so Ken, you're right. I mean, we're we're joking, but that and and I hate to say it like that because people listening will be like. Five hundred. How, how can you be living check to check on five hundred thousand? Trust me, it happens. I've seen make, it with my own spend. two eyes. What'd you say, Ken? The more you make, the more you spend. Yeah, the more you, and that's that's business one hundred and one. I mean, I don't know anybody that makes two hundred thousand that lives like they make sixty thousand. I just don't. That's just a fact, you know. And I'm not saying that if you make two hundred thousand, you're gonna live like you make two hundred fifty thousand, but. You know, if you make two hundred thousand, you're gonna live like somebody that makes two hundred thousand. You're probably not driving a Corolla. <laughs> Just to let you know. So we'll see what happens. But you know, NFL players, you've been warned. So you know, you can't say you didn't see it coming because this is definitely gonna happen. Uh, now moving back over to the NBA, man. Um, <laughs> some interesting news happened. Uh, the Indiana Pacers have filed a grievance with the NBA and saying that the Lakers and general manager Magic Johnson, quote unquote, tampered with uh, free agent. Well, now member Oklahoma City Thunder, but uh, 
soon to be free agent Paul George. Um, FIFO, man, what do you think is going to happen with this grievance? They basically said, look, Magic was talking to to uh, to Paul George about coming to L.A. Uh, I don't think that they have anything substantial that they can prove, um, but they did file a grievance with the league. This doesn't happen a lot, but it's happened in the past. How do you think this thing is going to play out? They, they they mad that they got Victor Oladipo and Demarcus Sabonis. That's, that's all that is. <laughs> that they like damn, maybe we could have got more. So 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 let's 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 try to put something on somebody. But uh, man, look, I I I don't know. Uh, like you said, it doesn't happen often. I don't know what to make of that. I, it just sounds like a squad that's a little bit sour. Like, look, man, the, the way Indiana has handled the situation is not good through and through. from the beginning you know i'm pretty sure paul george let these guys know i, I don't really want to resign you haven't really been able to put a a, comp- a contending squad around them obviously miles turner was a nice draft pick but what about all of the other moves um obviously you tried uh getting thaddeus young you got uh uh, George, uh jeff teague uh, you know, so so they tried some things, but at the end of the day, it's all about competition. And yep. if you can't put a competitive squad around your star player, they're going to leave. And there's going to be other teams that are going to, excuse me, highly interested in that star player. Now, did Magic tamper? Man, I think that Magic probably tampers with every single thing he does. It's just because he has that type of personality. And he is a businessman. This guy knows what he needs to do to get what he wants. And did he have probably some back-channel conversations? I definitely believe that. Do I think that he probably put in some of his players' ears to go holla at Paul George and say this and tell him that it's from me? Of course, that probably happened. I don't know if Magic directly spoke to Paul George I don't know I don't have sources I ain't Stephen A I ain't Woj I ain't these guys but outside looking in let's let's, let's just look at Magic's personality Magic's gonna get what he wants you know what I'm saying regardless of however he needs to go about it and I'm pretty sure he was third person fourth person fifth person removed in Paul George's ear I, I definitely think that happened, but for Indiana to be able to prove it, I don't know what they got. Have they been tapping Paul George's phone? Uh, do they have access to Paul George's emails? So how are you going to prove this? Do, do, do you have first first person witnesses? So right. and here's the thing, and if you think they're coming from Paul George's camp, that's not what's going to happen. Right. That's not what's going. So look, man, they just mad because because Victor Oladipo. <laughs> DeMontis Sabonis and and Miles Turner are now their big three. Mm, 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 mm. (laughs) That's a great point. (laughs) What about you, B? Uh, They said that they tampered, man. What do you think is going to happen with this grievance, if anything? Completely agree with you. I thought the same thing. I'm like, Indiana just salty as hell. Um, Yeah. But don't don't you think they have a right to be a little salty? I mean, like, they went from, like, they don't want to be. They the one that made the moves, though, right? To yeah, well, that's true. You're right about that. I can't argue that. How can you be salty when you agreed to when you agreed with OKC to make the moves that they made to when Paul George made for that Paul George trade? Magic probably was hollering that board. Paul George like, yo, man, look, let's go over to OKC. You know what I'm saying? Play there for a year or whatever, and then we are gonna come holler at you. You know that 2018 summer 
We're going to have some extra money on the side. We're gonna, we got some good, you know, group of guys that's coming. We're going to have a couple of superstars. Plus they can make a run at LeBron. Yeah, we're going to have, we might have a couple of superstars that's coming over here with you. Man, just go over there and play that, play that year with Russell Westbrook, man. You know, get to the second round, playoffs, get popped or whatever, if they get that far in the Western Conference and, you know, go ahead and come to the Lake Show, man. Come come, come to where you originally <laughs> wanted to come to in the first place. That's what Magic said. That's how the conversation went down. Tampering or not, that's what happened. Indiana is just salty as hell. That's all it is. But they, can, I don't know why they're salty because they agreed for that. So that's like me and people make agreement of a trade. And I'm like, man, you know what? No, people were tampering with some, some. <laughs> I'm the one that made that agreement to, to get the players that they got. So why am I, you know, you shouldn't be salty in the first place. Indiana, get on out of here somewhere. No doubt, no doubt. What about you, Ken? Um, I don't know what what the what, what the end result's gonna be, man. What, what what's your take on it? Um, white privilege. Uh, <laughs> that's what I got, man. That's 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 all I got, man. Hey, hey, the brother got another brother. And, and, you know, Indiana looking like, hey, man, what's going on? Like, you don't want us, you know, you want to play for us? You want to go play with, with one of your own? You know, yeah. I, I, I think it's, it's just salty. I, I agree with the other fellas. It's just salty. I'm just add a little layer, layer to it, man. I guess it would be what you could prove at this point, unless they have some type of paper trail, unless they have something where Paul George, you know, signed something or whatever like that, or they can trace some emails correspondence or something like that. I mean, it's just, it's hearsay. And I mean, we know that these I mean, we already know that these guys talk. Um, so, I mean, if is it tampering that Draymond Green was in Kevin Durant's ear a year before he ends up in Golden State? I mean, to me, I think that's tampering. But, you know, the NBA, I, to be honest, I think they kind of that kind of stuff goes. So, you know, given the fact and I mean, who wouldn't want to if Magic Johnson calls your phone, who wouldn't want to talk to Magic Johnson? Period. I mean, these Paul George knows who Magic Johnson is, so it's not like he, you know, was gonna be like, "Nah, I can't talk to you, dog. You, you, you on other t-. Come on, man. Really? <laughs> so if Magic's calling. He's gonna take the phone call. So now, what was said? Who knows? I, I agree with you guys. I think it, it might just be a little salt, you know. But you know, it's and it's unfortunate because even now, when you look at the trade that happened today, Indiana's really got to be sitting there like, damn. You know, not only do we lose Paul George, but, you know, you know, Cleveland just kind of reloads and Boston comes up and, you know, we're, we're probably a lottery team now. Well, I'm going to say probably we are. <laughs> we are a lottery team now. So, um, yeah, man. So it, it, it's it's it is what it is. I really don't know you know, what they could do to change whatever, because it's it doesn't look like it's going to be anything positive for them going forward. A uh, couple of the, couple of the notes I want to hit before we get out of here. The uh, AP released this top preseason top ten uh, coming in at number one: Alabama, two Ohio State, three Florida State, four USC, uh, five the defending national champion Clemson Tigers coming in at number six: Penn State, seven Oklahoma, uh, Washington, Wisconsin, and Oklahoma State round out the top ten. Um, also, we got some news uh, right before we came to record that uh, John Bones Jones was uh, he tested positive um, and he was deemed uh, as far as a disqualification in his uh, match that he just had what was it, about a month or so ago against uh, Cormier. Uh, anybody got any thoughts on that? Uh, you know, unfortunate. You know, this dude was supposed to be like the, you know, kind of getting back back 
on a on a straight road and and because he has some issues going on in previous last three or four years and he's supposed to be like this he was already kind of labeled the face of ufc but you know him coming back with that big win and then you know everybody planning him oh he's one of the best combat fighters out there and then this comes out just unfortunate you know just, just unfortunate I, I hate it had to be him man i i hate hate it had to be the brother all right i just i see this uh tweet uh, from LeBron, uh, let's see. It was a, it looks like somebody tweeted. Uh, they had a picture of it was uh, no, I'm sorry, a video of Kyrie Irving's jersey and the jerseys laying down on the ground and, I, and looking at it. I thought somebody's gonna <laughs> light a match to it, uh, but they put a note on it and said thank you. And uh, LeBron tw- he retweeted it. He said that's the only way to be kid, special talent slash guy, nothing but respect. And what a what a ride it was our three years together, young goad. Hashtag, I don't know what fillet. I guess I don't know. I don't know what it. Maybe maybe he meant young goat. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so LeBron, you know, took the high road and uh, gave Kyrie a shout out. Yeah, Ken? good. Yeah, no, nah, that's the way to be, man. Until we find out what really happened. <laughs> hey Ken, hey Ken, what you think about what they what they saying about your boy Wade over in Chicago? Yeah, since since Ken didn't break the news last week that that. D Wade is gonna get a probably gonna end up getting a buyout. Oh we yeah, we all yeah. know how close Ken is with D Wade. Hey man, look a, as you a person, they said about you said about the young players can't stand uh, D Wade in Chicago. I tweeted to you. I know, yeah, I saw, I saw. Look, man, look, look. I understand because the older you get, the more honorary you become. So <laughs> you know that that could easily be me, man. If, if, if you can't take the heat. You know, get out the kitchen. You know how the saying go. So they can they can sit there and and be losers, all you know, and happy next year. No doubt, no doubt, man. I, I gotta um gotta shout out uh my man Groovy Q eight fifty on uh on uh, Instagram. He hit us up on our Dead End Sports account. Uh, today he is celebrating his thirtieth birthday. He said he wanted to shout out, man. So shout out to you, man. Thanks for supporting. Us and thanks for supporting uh, Dead End Sports and Dead End Hip Hop. Uh, shout out to everybody that hits us up, uh, particularly on our YouTube page as well. Uh, I see a lot of comments and everything. We definitely appreciate the love. Make sure that you pass the word to uh, don't don't stop telling folks about uh, us in this podcast. Uh, now it is time for our closing thoughts. Uh, this is where we give our little thoughts, parting shots before we wrap up the podcast. Uh, once again, want to thank everybody for tuning in. If you haven't done so already. Make sure that you subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, uh, everywhere podcasts are given away for free. That's where you can find Dead End Sports. Go to our YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash Dead End Sports. Uh, B, you're up first. Uh, so give us your uh, closing thoughts. Yeah, uh, I think I've probably shouted him out before, but. The Big Three Championship game is this Saturday at 4 p.m. And I, I just want to say shout out to Ice Cube, man. I think they had a, a definitely a successful uh, first season, and I'm hoping that we get many more. Um, you know, because it's good to see, you know, players that I used to mess with, you know, back in the day that, you know, they kind of sort of vanished out of the NBA or or just kind of we just didn't even know that retired that are playing. And um thing I like about the Big Three is, like, you can show emotion towards the referee without getting a technical foul. I mean, it's like a true – it reminds me of, like, when we used to have our big ball in Friday at Central Park. We just – you know, all, all the emotion you can have, you can lay all your emotions out there on that three-on-three court. 
and you won't you won't suffer no consequences like you would in the NBA. So that's one thing I do like about the big three, man. I, you know, I, I like the fact they got the four point shot. I think that's pretty cool. I just like everything about it, man. Just the just everything, the trash talking that we always getting, you know, all, all, that we can hear on there, and and just everything, man. If they don't like a bad call from a ref, they can they can complain and whine all into the ref's face and not get a technical foul. And I love that, man. I, and I think it's been it seems like they have sellout crowds every time when they when they when they have it in different cities. Hope they can come here next year because I'll definitely get a ticket and go. Um, but yeah, shout out to Ice Cube and the Big Three, man. I, I really enjoy watching that. You give me some some type of sports to watch in the summertime, you know, during a uh, while while NBA Finals is over, it goes right into the Big Three. So you know, good job, man. Good good job to Ice Cube and um, Roger Mason. I think Roger Mason is the commissioner. Mm-hmm. Ice Cube is the owner. So yeah, good job. To, good job to them for having a good a successful uh, first season. What about you, FIFO? Your uh, closing thoughts. Kyrie, 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 you got what you wanted. You got an excellent coach. You got young teammates, some veteran teammates, but you're the guy. You're penciled into the Eastern Conference Finals, so you better show up and show out. Like, I know you will, because every time the stage is the biggest, when the lights shine the brightest, you come to who? But now it's a little bit different because... Your nemesis is the greatest player on the planet at the moment. So, Kyrie, you're one of my favorite guys. I want to see what you're going to do because now it's all on you. There, there's no there's no other person. There's, oh, well, you know, you didn't get the ball. Well, this didn't happen. No, no. You are the guy on this squad. Even though Gordon Hayward and, 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 Brad, and Brad Stevens have a love affair, you know what I'm saying? Like, these these guys, they go way back, but you're the guy. So, come out here, show Bron and the rest of the world why you wanted to be the guy. It is. It is. What about you, Ken? Closing thoughts. Yeah, I'm taking suggestions. You can tweet me. You can leave a comment in, in you know, on the SoundCloud and YouTube, uh, wherever, um, Facebook. Um, let me know how many fantasy football teams I should play with this year. I'm taking uh suggestions. So um so I'm trying to figure out. Last year I had like twenty seven. So I'm trying to see how many I should do this year. I haven't made up uh made up my mind yet. And I'll end with this. Um fantasy baseball. Like everybody on my team is falling apart, man. <laughs> like this is ridiculous. I, I have one loss on the on the year and it's like three weeks, two weeks left plus this week. And I, I think we we gonna I think my whole team's gonna be hurt. This is ridiculous, man. I'm trying to I'm trying to go back to back, but you know the guys, the fantasy guys, they 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 hating on the brother right now. But you know, I mean, when you're as good as me, you you'll find ways to win. So I think we'll work it out. <laughs> this guy, man. And speaking of that, I I'm if 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 Ken and B don't do it out. I'll set up uh, a dead end because a couple of people hit hit us up asking about uh, dead end sports. Yeah, I got uh, one, I got one that's still open. I, I just need to I just need to shot the link out. So, okay. Um, yeah, and I, if, I can do that sometime this week. And if there's more people that want to get involved, and then I'll, I'll open up another one. Um, my my closing thoughts actually two quick points. Um, first point on set, this past Saturday, man, got a chance to uh, check out the 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 bins, um, the new stadium that they built downtown for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, man, I understand why they spent a billion dollars. This thing has 
all of the bells and whistles. I mean, it's like a Porsche. It's this is it is crazy. I, I don't know what it's going to be like, what the atmosphere is going to be like every Sunday, but I can imagine it's going to be electric. But just being in the building was crazy. Um, they opened it up to uh, season ticket holders uh, for the Falcons as well as uh, season ticket holders for the Atlanta United. Uh, I am neither one. I actually snuck in. <laughs> so uh, but, but I enjoyed it. Me and my boys enjoyed it. So um, definitely like looking forward. To- <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, we, we always, always, we always doing something, ain't we? I, I okay, thought he was okay. bragging. I thought it was okay. Like, no, no, like, no. Right. Seriously, I did not sneak in. I, I had a friend hook me up with a pass. Okay, so I know I didn't sneak in. <laughs> hey, but I was about to if if she could get me a pass. Um, but yeah, so yeah, the the, the Falcons stated. I, I think they open up this coming Saturday, a preseason game. Uh, the first home game in the regular season will be on Sunday night. Uh, that would be week two against the Green Bay Packers, a team who they beat in the uh, NFC Championship game. So I don't know if it could replace the loss of blowing a 25-point lead in the Super Bowl, but, uh, you know, they got a nice to- a shiny toy to show off. So um, it, it is definitely going to be in the Super Bowl rotation. So, you know, uh, big up to uh, Arthur Blank for making it happen. Uh, my second point is uh, I got a chance on Friday – uh, because we had an office outing with my office, we went to the the uh, Braves game. Um, so it was my first time in SunTrust Park, which is also a brand new stadium. And uh, I was, it's, it's a very nice park. I was really, I don't want to say I was surprised, but I have a just something I need to say to the Braves. Uh, the Braves, when they decided to move from downtown to the northern suburbs of Cobb County, uh, they said that in part they wanted to be near their fan base. Um I didn't see a lot of black people at the game. Um, And I don't know if that's their point, but there were three elderly black men who were sitting behind me. And these men, just to give you a visual, kind of reminded me of the three guys in Coming to America. But the more and more I talked to them, not only did they have jokes, but these guys were Braves fans. And they lived downtown and they came up to the game or what have you. But in talking to them, I realized that these are the fans. These are like really, really true diehard Braves fans, fans who've been there since like Hank Aaron played for the Braves. And so I think to me, because I sat at the game and I've never been to a more quiet baseball game, um, it kind of seemed like a social event. Like people were just happy just to be at the game, just to say, hey, we went to the game. There was nobody cheering. Even the Tomahawk chop was whack. And, you know, it's I, and full disclosure, I'm not a Braves fan, so I don't really care one way or the other. But I think the Braves got it wrong. I think guys like these elderly black gentlemen who now have to trek from downtown to the northern suburbs to catch a baseball game to watch their favorite team. Those guys are because even during the game, they were reeling off stats and talking about some of their favorite players over the years and things that happened throughout the years. And they were diehard Braves fans. I think. And this let let this be a cautionary tale to teams out there who move. Sometimes when you move, you lose something. And I think the Braves lost a lot of fans, particularly fans of color, because I didn't see. I saw a lot of black people working. I ain't see a lot of black people in the stands. So it is what it is. Good luck with that. I won't be going back to another Braves game until my Yankees come to town. Then that's it. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for checking out another edition of the <laughs> the Dead End Sports podcast. 
uh, for our boy Chris Platt who came through for FIFO, for B, for Ken. I'm your host, 12 Kyle. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Shout out to all the brothers out there watching that watch the Eclipse with shades on. <laughs> you know you You're out damn, there. No damn oh. Eclipse.